You're listening to the Employment Rights Online podcast, where we discuss everything employment rights and the job. everyone. I hope your Employment Rights Week has been positive as we near the end of this extraordinary year. This week we're entering into part two of our mini-series on sickness at work. Last week's episode looked at sick notes, fit notes and short-term illnesses from work. In this week's episode, we're going to explore what happens when you're away from work due to long-term illness. Remember that our starting position is that if you are an employee, you have the best employment rights when it comes to sickness from work and sick pay, whilst remembering that you do not have an automatic right to receive company sick pay. Also, In order for you to receive company sick pay, you need to follow the procedures as set out in your company sickness reporting policy and your company sickness absence policy. And it's that sickness absence policy that we're going to focus on in this week's episode. Now, when it comes to long-term illness from work, this is generally classified as any illness from work that lasts longer than four weeks. And with those lengths of illnesses, you're generally going to be absent from work because of an unexpected illness, a chronic condition, because you have suffered an accident maybe, or because you've had a planned operation. Now, there are other reasons, but most reasons are covered by these four areas. If you're an employee and on long-term sick leave, there are a number of actions your employer should take under what would be expected to be a duty of care towards you. Your employer would also want to take these actions to better manage the impact of your absence from work on the business. And given that sickness absence policies are generally linked to what is called a sickness capability policy or a sickness management policy or a sickness absence policy, your employer might also want to try and manage your absence from work because your capability to do your job in relation to long-term sickness absence is linked to a policy that could be used to dismiss you from your job if your employer can establish that the company cannot wait for you to get better. So having a duty of care towards you when you're on long-term sick leave is reflected in the first actions the employer may take to try and find out as much information as possible about the reasons for you being unfit for work. And any employer may start to take these actions as early as five weeks into your sickness absence or as far away as months after you having been ill away from work. The length of time before your employer starts taking actions to manage your sickness 
will depend on the reasons why you are off sick and whether your employer feels that some reasons for ill health should be treated in a different way to other reasons. So what are the actions your employer might take if you find yourself on long-term sick leave? The first thing an employer might do is to contact you to gain a better understanding of your illness. It's not unusual to think that when you are off sick, your employer shouldn't be contacting you. But this isn't true. There is a general principle called the business's right to manage or a manager's right to manage. And what that means is that as long as an employer behaves in a reasonable way, the employer can contact you to find out information that will assist the employer to better manage your absence from work. So in all sickness absence policies, no matter what they call them, you're likely to find a number of stages the employer will go through to manage your long-term sickness absence. The first stage will likely be to hold a formal stage one absence meeting with you. Now, this meeting might be called something different in your company, but no matter the name, the purpose of these types of meetings will be the same, and that is to try and gain some understanding of why you're off sick from work, or to try and gain an understanding of any medical condition you have, and also to explore how your illness impacts on your ability to return to work. The other purpose of the meeting should be to look at what reasonable adjustments the employer can make to remove any barriers preventing you from returning to work. These are called reasonable adjustments and reasonable adjustments are actions an employer can take like phasing you back to work or giving you lighter duties or anything that's reasonable as long as the actions help you to return to work. Now in your sickness absence policy, these types of meetings can have names like stage one absence meeting or sickness absence meeting part one. But the general thing to remember is that if you see this type of title, you need to understand that the employer is operating under the company's sickness or sickness absence policy. And that makes the meeting formal. And what that means is that the employer could use information gained from that formal meeting to help the employer take actions in relation to managing your sickness absence. And those actions could be taken at the time of the meeting or at a later date. So with that in mind, for you, you need to read your company's sickness absence or sickness management policy to have a full understanding of everything your employer may be seeking to achieve by using that policy to manage your sickness absence from work. And this is important because some policies can go as far as being able to dismiss you from work because, as said earlier, the company have decided that the company has a legitimate business reason for not being able to wait for you to get better to come back to work. 
At these types of formal meetings, your employer has to be flexible about when the meeting is held to give you every opportunity to attend the meeting. And the employer can even offer to hold the meeting at your home where you can have a family member present if this arrangement suits you better. But you don't have to have the meeting at home. You can ask for the meeting to be held in a neutral location. And again, you should be able to have somebody with you, like a friend or a colleague or a family member or a trade union representative. However, this will not be a disciplinary meeting. So if you do bring a trade union representative, then that representative is only there to support you, not represent you. And that's why it's generally permissible for you to have a family member or a friend with you because they're there for support, not to represent you. Now, it's likely that your employer will take notes at the meeting because it's those notes that might be used in a formal process later on down the line. So even if you're not offered a copy of the notes of the meeting, it's good practice to ask for a copy of the notes because there's nothing secret about the meeting. So there's no reason why your employer should not provide you with a copy of the notes or the minutes or whatever title is given to the record. So when you get the notes, the first thing you need to do is to read them and then check the notes for accuracy. And that means checking the notes to see that they reflect what was discussed at the meeting. If the notes don't reflect what was discussed at the meeting, then you're within your rights to make amendments to the notes and send your amendments to your employer and ask that your amendments be added to the notes of the meeting to ensure the notes fully reflect what you said at the meeting. If your employer doesn't agree to your amendments, then you can ask for your amendments to be appended to the notes of the minutes so that both sets of notes form part of the record of the meeting. Now, at the conclusion of this stage one meeting, your employer may have enough information to take the next steps. The next steps could be, for example, to refer you to occupational health to get an independent assessment of your health needs. Occupational health can also help the employer to understand your reasons for being off sick from work and to also advise the employer about the best reasonable adjustments that can be made to help you return to work. In our view, if your employer doesn't offer you the option of an assessment by occupational health, you should ask for this type of assessment because sometimes you may not even realise how sick you are or how much support you may need to return to work or what the right type of support may look like to help you get back to work. When thinking about occupational health services, it's useful to bear in mind that your employer or the occupational health worker may ask for your consent to speak to your GP about your condition. Now, you don't have to agree to allow your employer or the health worker to have access to your medical records. But it's important to note that if you refuse, 
the employer could argue that you are preventing the employer from being able to have a full picture of your health needs, preventing the employer from being able to take account of all the adjustments you might need to help you return to work. Now, you can insist that the employer only has access to information that relates to the reasons why you're off sick. And we will come back to your employment rights in relation to your medical records in a later edition of the podcast. But for now, let's assume you have no problem allowing your employer or the employer's health representative to have access to your records by contacting your GP. The next thing that will happen is that you will then see an occupational health specialist and that person will talk to you about your ill health and speak to you about the help you need to return to work and a report will be produced which will be sent to you first. Now it's good practice for you to receive your copy of the report first before it's sent to your employer because this allows you time to look at the report and correct any factual inaccuracies. And also, you get the opportunity to see what information will be provided to your employer so you can prepare for what may likely be the next stage. And the next thing that is likely to happen is that your employer will arrange a further meeting with you to talk about the report and to make a plan with you about getting you back to work. You should try and play an active part in that meeting to make sure that the plan to get you back to work reflects all the things you feel you will need to help you to get back to work. Now in next week's episode, we'll look at what happens if you cannot return to work when the employer wants you to return. Now, of course, as usual, if you feel you've been unfairly treated by your employer, your first step would be to lodge a grievance asking the company to sort out the problem. You can refer to the show notes where you're listening to this podcast for help with making a complaint at work. We've included some handy grievance documents with this episode, which you can access using the download links in the show notes. And that's it for this week. We hope you find something useful that you can work with in this week's episode. Remember to let others know we are here by sharing our content and leaving us a review about the podcast on iTunes or anywhere else where you're listening and where you can leave a review. We'd love you to share your views with us and tell us what you think about the podcast, as well as telling us about any other topics you'd like us to cover. Until next week, thanks for listening. Bye for now.